Welcome to part two of this interview with Steve Hackett, brought to you by Make a Difference with Records, during which we were also joined by Steve's wife, Jo. Make a Difference with Records is a vinyl charity store based in Godalming. We raise funds for the mental health charity Catalyst. Find out more about us at makeadifferencewithrecords.com. In January 2024, we caught up with Steve in London to talk about his brand new album, The Circus and the Night Whale. Both parts one and two can be seen in video format on our YouTube channel, That's My Vinyl Answer. The, I mean, in terms of the um, that mental journey that you've described, as you know, Steve, the only reason Make a dif- Difference with Records exists is that we raised funds for the mental health charity Catalyst. Yeah. And, and it's not for us just about raising funds, it's about talking about the benefits of music, both as the listener and as the musician. Yeah. Uh, and you've described that very abundantly, but it also sounds as though what was really important for you is you had a support network there who could help you through that particularly dark place and get you out of that whale, effectively. Yes, uh, and it wasn't just Joe; it was her entire family, and her mother was... Um, hugely supportive and she had many reasons to be anti me uh but actually uh i think in her heart she knew that um it was going to be right and 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 again joe's father she would have dreams where her father was saying yeah hang in there he he is right for you um everyone was aware of the difficulties um, um amanda was um, hugely supportive as well, as I say, saying to me that everyone has got a right to be happy. Um, and I didn't think that I had a right to be happy. Um, I thought, you know, you just sort of struggle on dutif- dutifully. Um, but it it wasn't supportable. It was... it. Um, there came a moment when, you know, I just had to make that... I had to make that jump. Yeah. I had to make that leap, and that's when you, in a in a um, in a Joseph Campbell-like way, reading the last page, I think it is of Hero of a Thousand Faces, or him talking on TV, talking about you know the moment that someone literally risks their own lives mm-hmm. in order to save somebody, and it was the metaphorical equivalent of that. Going, I've got to make her happy. This. This is it. My happiness is dependent on her happiness. I've got to rescue her. Um, and I came to realise that that was the making of me. And it might sound like a small thing or it might seem too revealing. But I want to be honest. It's a very honest album. And, um, and I'm not a perfect person. Well, Steve, no one's a perfect person. Um, certainly I'm not um, and I think that honesty is very appealing albeit it may be raw sometimes to have done it but we, we of course as we know from the album we get through that and yeah. we end up in this beautiful place that you are now and just before the fine instrumental track um, there's another beautiful love song um, which is Wherever You Are, yeah. um, which I think has just come out today as your second track being released. Why, why, why did you pick that one? What do we live for? 
Um, there was a contradiction within that track. The paradox is that you don't normally have a rock song that's a love song. You know, it, it's a stomp and a march, but it's also a love song. So um, I don't think too many people do that. So mm -hmm. this is where I think, you know, it's the album at its most original. And again, I would say that anyone who's got problems with love songs, um, maybe they'll, they'll get swept along by just the sheer energy and the force of the track. Again, I went for, you know, high sweet vocals rather than screaming with a, with a rock song you let the drums pound and the instruments pound but but you know keep the 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 voice um of the balladeer sailing over the top of it um don't try and scream it don't try and be nad nad does um 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 the track is i have to look it up it's taking you down taking you down taking taking you down you know he's he's that he's that rock voice stentorian brass like chameleon like able to do phil collins uh, uh peter gabriel even richie havens you know um yeah, he, he's, yeah, yeah. he's he's got that ability to to change to deepen his voice um and it's i think you know in a way he's he's a soul singer as far as i'm concerned and uh, you know i I, I wonder how he would sound doing doing Steve Wimwood material at times. You know, there's that aspect. And um, uh, so, you know, great fan of, of, of Wimwood. Spoke to him once or twice. Um, you know, very interesting that in the main, you think of all the progressive stuff as English singers that have got that ability to sound sufficiently like Ray Charles to be able to front a rock band or to be able to sit down with the piano in the the case of, um, of, of the very young 15 year old I think it was Steve Winwood singing Georgia sounding like a 40 year old black man um, how is that possible Afro-American sorry let's be politically correct here but we're all fans of of of, uh, of that genre shall we say um, Steve, the album, as I said, I think a while ago, is a real emotional roller coaster. Um, and from my perspective, the lyrics and the music work absolutely seamlessly together. It is very, very cinematic. Um, any thoughts about doing more with that from a cinematic point of view or a staging point of view? Uh, you're not the only person to have said that to me because um, I think that Paul Gosling did a wonderful job on uh, People of the Smoke, the mm -hmm. opening, the video that goes yes. with the opening song. Yeah. And uh, I think that he really pulled out all the stops with that. Um, I, I think it's wonderfully good. Um, it's one of two videos that I've ever done in my, in my life where I really thought that the, the marriage of, of the visual and, mm -hmm. and, um, and the music was really, really and lyric was very, very, very good. I think the other one is probably uh, Behind the Smoke. It's ironic, isn't it? The smoke's in both those titles. And uh, I think there might even be a, a, a third smoke title coming up for something written in future. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's a wonderful idea. And uh, I will ask Paul Gosling, would you like to do that? 
how do you feel about um, doing that? I mean, it might be um, it might be impossible. On the other hand, it might be wonderful if he was able to continue yeah. something in that vein. But but in in terms of live performances, you, you're well, you're constantly touring. I mean, you're doing over fifty dates a year, or have been for the last few years, really, with the exception of COVID. Um, we've got Foxtrot at fifty to finish off the US tour March yep. and April. Yes. And then you're doing the Genesis Greats, Lamb Highlights and yep. Steve Highlights yep. um, later in the year, mainland Europe, UK, Italy. Um, I guess one of my fears, um, having listened to the album, this is a personal comment, is that we're going to get squeezed from the ability to hear a lot of this album because you've just got too much to fit in. How are you going to kind of balance that out? It's a very good point. It's a very good point. I mean, there are times when I've thought to myself, I would love to be able to do the whole of the album live. Uh, and There's then, a thought. Then, and then have a, a, a Genesis second half, so you get the new with the old. Um, that would be very much in keeping with the, 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 the Peter Gabriel ethos. You know, harking mm. back to the days of doing no stage favourites whatsoever, but the whole of Lab Lies Down on Broadway. You know, that was the price of admission or the price of him remaining a singer with the band, at least for that for that album. Um, and um, I'm in a slightly different position. I don't think I'm quite on Olympus in the way that Peter Gabriel is. Um, so... I know that the jury's out in terms of, oh, I like this one, I don't like that one so much. But I'm not at the stage where I could do no wrong. Um, so you might say that's a problem with self-confidence. It's just, mm-hmm. um, I've always seen myself as fallible. But then also I think that that's a strength because I'm always working on something. There is no final blueprint. I'm, I'm always work in progress. So, um, yes, it would be wonderful if the response to People of the Smoke visually that we've had, in other words, that's had 120,000 odd views yes. so far, and the album isn't even out. Mm-hmm. Now, that's damn good for me. Yeah. I don't think we've had that before. Okay. Why that has happened at this stage, I don't know. Is it because... Genesis have just said they're hanging up their spurs, they're not going to do anything anymore, therefore more light gets shed on Peter and myself. I don't know. Or maybe it's the fact you've not had a dud album since at least 2009 with Out of the Tunnel's Mouth and people realising that actually you're in your bit of a heyday to some extent, you could argue. Well, that's very nice of you to say so. Um, that... Um, Heyday or Purple Patch, as some have described it, um, Alan Hewitt. Um, that started when Joe and I were together full time mm-hmm. for the first time. So Out of the Tunnel's Mouth is something, again, it's it's almost, isn't it, almost a companion piece to where we yeah. are, are now. There's there's a night whale, there's a big mouth, there's a big tunnel mouth. It's that sort of swallowing you up in the darkness aspect. Um so if there has been an improvement, and I think there has, it's been b- 
because of that involvement where uh, music comes out of conversations. Mm -hmm. There's her input. Sometimes there will be a, um, a credit given to her. Other times there'll be something that's much more personal uh, with me and um, there are certain things that only I can say. Um, certain lyrics. But yes, I know what you mean. It is very easy to get you, you have the, the museum doors are, are flung wide once again for classic Genesis. Yeah. The abandoned place that was the great Genesis that John Lennon loved. Okay. That's a calling card. I can't ignore that. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, so the dichotomy is, and you know, I've got to wrestle with myself to say, well, at the moment we're intending to do three tracks from this album. I'm struggling to even play the first track because it's so complicated. It goes through so many changes. Yes. Um, just the guitar parts that are all, I can play them individually, but they're all written back to back. Yes. Uh, and I can't do a jump from that and that. So I've got to change things. I've got to go back to the potter's wheel. Yes. To go, well, yeah. okay. So it's, it's very easy. If you're a jazz man, you go, oh, well, you just change it. Fine. But I've got to find my way to that jazz. Yes. You know, I've got to find those those moments, those conduits, because I do care about every note. And that can be a terrible hindrance. If I just stayed being a the blues guitarist that I advertised myself as when I was a young 16-year-old, um, and I've just stuck with that, it's like, well, you can do that, you can do that. You can have your stock phrases, you can mm. surprise yourself, you can hang on to a note. Anything uh, gives, anything goes with that. But this is music that's through composed. It's all Bach's fault, really, you see. Well, everything's Bach's fault, as it's, we know. Everything is Bach's fault. And um, because he knew that no one would ever be that good ever since. And so that's it. You know, well, so we measure ourselves against the condition that his music... All music aspires to reach the condition that his had reached. You know, total virtuosity, wonderful writing, and um, nothing electric. But, you know, those big organs, they were the synthesizers of their day. Mm -hmm. um, you've got, you've got to look Probably at had less hassle with an organ than with the Mellotron, given the Mellotron's history. Well, there's that, yes. The, Mel the Mellotron... Uh, uh, used to break uh, down all the time, didn't it? Yeah, but little, you know, we'd be playing to 22,000 people in Rome and I, my, the first breath, the first note, it's going to be Tony playing the intro to Watch All the Skies. Is it going to work or is it going to die? Yeah. You know, uh, because, you know, Italian power wasn't at the greatest of those days. Every gig that we ever did in the 70s with Genesis in Italy, the power would give out at some point. So <laughs> can you imagine thinking... We're going to deliver this. Yeah, we're going to de deliver the aliens landing a whole spaceship, or it's all just going to flop like a bad pastry moment. Um, well, Steve, listen, I I'm very tempted to dive into that further, but um, we can't today. Um, I just want to thank you very much for your time, as always, very generous with your time, 
and I guess leave you with the thought that maybe you could still do your Genesis Lamb and Greatest Hits and maybe as you do with Trading Boundaries a sprinkling of shows of your new album yes with some more video footage yes um, it may well be a way to go that, that once you make the leap in, into you know um, total immersion in video being synchronised with with the music so that perhaps each guitar phrase that you don't deliver in exactly the same way is not going to be failed by the Russian ice skating judges going, well, you missed that one, <laughs> Well, listen, Steve, um, look forward to seeing you on tour. Thank you so much for your time. But we weren't quite finished. At that point, we managed to persuade Joe, Steve's wife, to join us. So one of the questions I had for you, Joe, is obviously this story is not just about Steve's musical career. It's a very much a story about the two of you and your love and where you are today. Did you feel the album did it justice? Oh, yes, for sure it did. Um, I feel that it really celebrates the special thing that we've had between us now for a lot of years and from the moment we were able to get together and really make things flower in life and between us it's been incredibly wonderful. The, there are a lot of powerful love songs on many albums over the years ever since really out of the tunnel's mouth in 2009 and there's no exception on this album. Um, any particular standouts for you that really you feel tell that love story? I think those golden wings was one of them um, because it really celebrated the power of, of, of the love that we share which is incredibly special um, but there have been a lot of lovely lovely songs um, I'm trying to remember the name of the, uh, of the song which was inspired by that time we spent in Mexico when we were when we saw the dolphins and we were out on, on oh, the water. Oh, that was Loving Sea. Loving Sea, yeah. that's We're going right. back over several albums here with and that. And we so. went out, we saw the dolphins in this lagoon and then we went out to sea and there were turtles, there were all sorts of things. Mm. And and it, somehow being out there in the water, on the water, gave us this feeling of the, the freedom that we felt, the sense of being able to celebrate love and life together. And we've travelled the world together, not just touring, but on a lot of holidays as well, because we're fascinated by the world. And sharing that keeps opening up whole new vistas. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've recently just come back from Africa and we were there looking at the Victoria Falls and thinking, my goodness, you know, this is like a portal to another world. And every time you feel that it's just all part of this wonderful adventure we're on. So, Joan, Steve, one track in particular I wanted to ask you both about was the track um, Ghost Moon and Living Love, which I gather came out of um, a holiday and a magical moment that you both shared. Joe, what's your recollection of how that song came about? There, yes, we were in Greece and we saw the moon in daylight, which always has a fascinating look because it's there, you know, you've got your blue sky and there is the moon and it looks like a sort of ghost moon because of the way it shines through the daylight. Um, and we were having a lovely day just in Napoleon in Greece, most beautiful place, and it, it just felt like this perfect moment. 
The album goes through a bit of an emotional roller coaster, but ends up um, in a very happy space. Steve talked earlier about the fact, and we've talked collectively about the fact that there's been almost this purple patch of Steve's solo stuff since Out of the Tunnel's Mouth. What, how have you seen that change yourself, Joe, during those years? What, how have you seen Steve change and grow in that period as a musician? Well, it's been wonderful because every time he's had a new idea, he's explored it. So not only have we explored it through travel, but through inner journeys as well. And he's been connecting with so many people, not just within his own team, but from everywhere, from Azerbaijan through to Hungary, through to America, through to um, Tajikistan, you know, all these different places around around the world. Um, and at the same time, on the inner journey of feeling that sense of freedom to explore all sorts of new musical mm -hmm. ideas. Yeah, well, I wanted to let her do the talking, you see, because I, <laughs> I get to talk endless endless stuff but uh, it's great that she's expressing that um, uh, there's the, it's a kind of twin aspect to to you know being a guitarist because I'll be playing electric guitar one minute but then I'll be playing the acoustic the next and I always think that, that the natural world is best expressed through the acoustic guitar because it's mm. it's a whole beautiful world of of nature it's it's water. It's the harp. It's it. It transcends its limits. It's woman's shape. It transcends all of that, and it, and it's the guitarist equivalent of the piano. It's got all the dynamics, all the variations, playing very brightly near the bridge, or mellow near here. And there's so many different ways of of playing it. So it's it's a limitless thing. But then there's you know there's the uh, there's electric guitar that there's there's that it's always the instrument that makes me feel young um, as opposed to a man of experience it's there's always that delinquent quality to it you're going to make it scream and cry and always <laughs> down those frets and burn up on that bike you're going too fast boy all, all of that it's uh, so we, we get to share all all this stuff and I think Joe's got a huge understanding of what uh uh, music can do in, in all its forms, really. She's we, the music. We write, a, we write things together, yes. um, both um, lyrically and um, melody lines and musical ideas. Yes. Um, I mean, Steve is always the main writer, always. But, um, Not always. We do, but we do share um, a lot of ideas as well which is wonderful and I feel very honoured that he takes he takes <laughs> ideas on board so I sometimes ask people a very unfair question which is to say to them okay the new album's come out tell me your favourite track on the album which is kind of almost impossible really particularly with the album so so fresh but Joe if you had to pick a couple of standouts for you as you're currently sitting here what would they be and why well I think it could be people of the smoke I mean, I love all the album, but People of the Smoke and Ghost Moon and Living Love perhaps are my two favourites. Um, People of the Smoke, because I think it just depicts the atmosphere, almost Dickensian sort of atmosphere of 
London in 1950 when Steve was born, and that's yeah. incredible. That's an incredible track um, with extraordinary energy, but at the same time really giving off a very powerful atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Moon and Living Love, I think partly, obviously, because it, it connects with our own experience yes. and we, it, it, the inspiration was when we were in Greece together. Um, but also, I think, again, hugely atmospheric and poignant. And there's something about the poignancy of it, which is really, really touches the heart in a big way. It, it does. I mean, both that track and the Into the Nightwell yes. track had me welling up, as I admitted to you when I arrived here earlier. Um, Into the Nightwell is, is extraordinary. It is yes. an extraordinary track. It is, and um, I'm it's sure it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick it, any tracks. Almost impossible. I did. Ones. I did say it was an Absolutely unfair question, not. so I'll let you off. Well, listen. Um, I've already taken up a lot of your time, both of you. So, Steve and Joe, just wanted to say, um, on behalf of Make a Difference with Records, thank you so much for letting me come along today and to talk to you both about the new album. And I'm sure everyone will love it when it comes out. I've certainly enjoyed listening to it very much. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Our thanks go to Steve and Joe Hackett for giving up so much of their time. The music excerpts you heard come from the new album, The Circus and the Nightwell, and are courtesy of Inside Out Music.